Hello, welcome to the AI Ireland podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kelly. In today's podcast, we'll be discussing explainable AI and the importance of having a human in the loop and the recent EU proposed regulation. Optimizing logistics, detecting fraud, composing art, conducting research, providing translations, intelligent machine systems are transforming our lives for the better. All these systems become more capable. Our world becomes more efficient and consequently richer. However, there's many things that we need to take into consideration and there are some ethical questions that are about mitigating suffering so some are about risking negative outcomes while we consider these risks we should also keep in mind that on a whole this technology progress means better lives for everyone and ai has the vast potential and responsible implementation is up to us to actually make sure it happens on today's podcast i'm absolutely delighted to welcome onto the show dr alessandra milo who is a researcher at insight and we also have john ward Head of Digital and Emerging Technologies at EY. Dr. Alessandra and John, both very, very welcome to the show. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark, for having us. Alessandra, tell us a little bit about some of the work that you're doing at Insight Centre, because I know you're co-leading one of the six challenges, and one of them is on data analytics called decision-making, in particular around explainable AI. Can you tell us a little bit about the research you're currently working on? Sure, Mark. So as you said, the decision-making challenge is a key part of the Insight Centre for Data analytics and it focuses on helping us making better decisions. When you think about it, this is the ultimate reason why why we want to understand the data in the first place, why we want to look at them. And that's where explainable AI or the notion comes into play because we want to be able to understand fully and looking at how we can ensure AI approaches can be self-explainable or can be transparent and answer this, all the why questions you might have, why this happens or why this is observed. So my research focuses on looking more into these explainable aspects of AI, but in particular generate explanations so that they go beyond highlighting parts of the model and that go more toward human understandable explanation. Because I think there is a kind of an ethical aspect to it as well, which is how can we human trust an explanation that is given to us? Or how can we improve the perception that the algorithm them can be trusted by humans. So this is what I'm, I'm interested in particularly. Tell us a little bit about some of the challenges with some of the research that you're actually uh, doing. Um, well, when I think about the challenges, I suppose what I'm looking at at the moment, which is a combination of traditional machine learning approaches and more uh, old-fashioned expert system type AI, it's a kind of a new perspective. And um, and this combines the, the kind of a, a symbolic view of AI with the machine learning and deep learning view. This area is kind of um, referred to neurocognitive AI and it's gaining momentum now, but there's no solid benchmark. So there's nothing solid we can compare against. Very young field. So this makes it a bit difficult sometimes to understand whether what you're doing is actually going in the right direction or what's the potential. So it's hard to fully grasp it at the beginning. So you have to do a leap of faith, let's say. So that's the first thing, I'd say. Um, another aspect is also that because it combines different approaches with different foundations, you need to grasp both hands of things. And we need to also create meaningful collaboration between people that normally, you know, publish in different venues, attend different events. So it's really challenging sometimes to create those opportunities. But I think if we keep breaking this wall brick by brick and trying to create those, then something good will, will come out of it. Alessandra, is there any misconception in the research that you're doing? Oh, well, I have to say... My background 
is on, more on, on traditional symbolic rule-based knowledge expert system AI. And I've introduced in the last few years more into the machine learning side of things. And I think one thing that I observe or one thing that I consider a misconception is that people normally think that if the results or call it accuracy, that number, magic number is good and high, then you're fine, you're safe, your AI system is good. Uh, but when you deal with high stake decisions and decision making in, in high risk scenarios, you need to think about other aspects which are more qualitative, like transparency and trust and fairness. We need to define ways of evaluating those approaches beyond their quantitative number accuracy. And this is a first misconception. And I think it's uh, it's around the human role into this. So, you know, engineers tend to look into their own box and do things and make sure that everything goes perfectly. But we cannot think that we can trust an AI system and just let the AI system do the job because decision making is what we do as humans. So decision what the AI system does with us. And so it enhances our ability to judge and decide, but it doesn't replace it. So there needs to be a role of the human in the process. Alessandra, building on that, what areas would you like to see tackled in the years to come? I would like to see a systematic approach for the AI community to come together and opening up new ways of engaging beyond some isolated worship and seminar events, especially because I'm looking at these two sides of AI, you know, the knowledge symbolic driven AI and the machine learning data driven AI. But touching a bit upon what I've said before, another key aspect is considering the human perspective when building AI systems. And there is some momentum going on there as well. There is a field which refers to as, as human in the loop approaches. So this requires the design of more qualitative metrics of success because numerical accuracy doesn't really necessarily capture all of those aspects of trust and fairness and bias that we want to quantify for truly explainable AI systems. So we need an open and systematic conversation with the different stakeholders, with the domain experts, what problems they want to solve, how do they normally solve it as humans, what would enhance their ability to make better decisions, and most importantly, what would make them trust an AI system to help them making those decisions. So notice, notice I say that help, I didn't say do it for them. So there is this kind of dual role we need to consider. I would, you know, I, I like to see what this area comes up with. And then the EU proposed regulation that, that's come out uh, recently, what are your thoughts on that? So, well, the regulation, I've been following from the white paper that came out, uh, all of the discussion over the, the last few years. And so the regulation came as a result of this discussion on the impact of AI, on its ethical, on its legal implications. And it kind of separates the types of AI systems that cannot be used, those that can be used with caution, with some key requirements to be met, and those that are low risk so they can you know, the application are more loosely regulated. But the regulation doesn't say what you need to do. So it says the you know, the what, it needs to be transparent, it needs to be fair, it needs to be accountable, but it doesn't say how concretely you do it. For example, it talks about sufficient transparency, or it says, you know, risk minimization or appropriate data governance. But what, what does this mean concretely, right, in practice? So what I take out of it is that it provides kind of a, a general guideline and the concept that I've been talking about extensively before that emerges through that is this notion of trust again. So it's excellence in trust. And so it sounds like this is the ultimate goal and, and we should see things this way when we build or when we use AI systems. So the how we are going to ensure those regulations are met is that, you know, it needs to be embedded into our building and should be done in such to increase trust. And that's where I think also the qualitative metrics I was talking about should come into play. 
Alessandra, what would an organization need to do to build that trust? In other words, what's needed? Skilling, structure, data sets, models, people listening in, what advice would you share with them? Well, I think that the industry and academia should kind of embrace this idea of, of transparency or this philosophy and transparency of AI systems and accountability. But it shouldn't be like a, a box to be ticked. It should be really a, a new way of building AI system. Maybe some, some new roles will be needed within the industry with this specific view in mind. Uh, something that might help would be for people in these roles to open new communication channels between industry and academia to come to the, to the same page on these aspects. This might be happening already to some extent and in some cases, but maybe another thing would be specific training for, for engineers or for, for people working in the AI field as you know hands-on under the hood because they need to come out of their comfort zone and understanding and dealing with these ethical aspects of AI. You human in the loop aspects and regulatory aspects in the making or in the building process of AI systems. Alessandra, thank you very much for your, for your thoughts there. I want to introduce John Ward into the conversation. John, great to have you on the show today. Thanks, Mark. It's great to be here. So, John, you're a head of digital and emerging technologies at EY, and you get to see it from an application point of view. So I'm really, really interested to kind of get your thoughts about you know, being in the field of applying AI in production. Could you maybe kind of set the scene of the journey of productionizing models? Because that's really where a lot of the work really starts. Yeah, I think the key point to make is that, you know, obviously doing AI and a proof of concept, a pilot is really accessible, attainable, present, and that's great. But really it is only the start and if you think about ai and a model it's it's made up of three key ingredients i mean the first is the frameworks and algorithms to build a model and we have lots of options there that's been transformed over the last uh, number of years the second is the compute power and then the third is gaining accessible you know appropriate data sets to train that model and really it is is typically the latter that proves to be the most effort and that's no different than you know most projects actually acquiring data get permission to use it but i think from a from an application productionization it's really important to you know go through a life cycle and uh, to industrialize this and make sure you're doing it in a, in a, in a sequential you know iterative way um and that, like it, typically it's broken down into the, the five key steps in the process and really the first one is scoping you know what's the problem you're trying to solve and actually is it suitable for ai because some problems and i think there's misconceptions over what it can actually do and, and what are the good use cases for this and typically once you've decided on, on that there are certain neural network architectures and algorithms that are most appropriate like for instance convolutional neural networks are very good for image and vision and rnns for for natural language processing so making sure that decision is known the data acquisition is really, this is the hard part. And, you know, it's identifying, preparing, and labeling a suitable, sufficient training set of scale with the right distribution for the model to perform. So for instance, if that's credit checks, like have you got, you know, historical data within your organization of every credit check you did previously that you could use to train the model. Maybe you don't, but like what sample size do you have? And then really then you get into the modeling part of building that. And I think the key thing about this is, you know, when we're modeling, you know, it's really quick to iterate through things using things like Jupyter Networks, but you've got to make sure that you've got, you know, one, a good training set and also a golden copy test set as well, you know, of known outcomes that you would expect for this model and really putting that into the algorithm and, and, and iterating on that and tuning it based on whether that be trying different algorithms, trying different hyperparameters, maybe changing the data set, tuning the data set. And then it's really about deploying that model into production and, and deploying things to the production 
means that you know it is in a production environment and it's going to be reasonably hands off to the point of view but that's really then you get to the fifth part of the, and this is critical in an ai system probably more than most and monitoring is key there are many means of monitoring but in the ai space it needs to be about not only that the system is still available but also you know constantly validating the model performance so for instance doing things like double blind audit now we've talked about and Alessandra mentioned you know human in the loop like you know really what you want to be doing is training monitoring your algorithm performance in production against some level of validation depending on the type of system it is and that means taking a sample set what did the algorithm say reviewing that and looking at from a human perspective would they have arrived at the same decision and if they hadn't does that mean you need to retrain the algorithm or you need to retrain the model you know, or is there something else going on so monitoring of the ai is really really important because otherwise you know if you completely fully automate this you're going to have people saying i've been refused or for instance it was a credit check refused the loan and then you're scrambling to find out why that is so so monitoring model performance is critically important and making sure that's part of your productionization of, the, of an ai system thank you for that comprehensive answer is there anything else that you need to take into consideration across the organization yeah, and I think it comes down to, you know, we talk about agility in IT, but, you know, and, and we talk about things like DevOps and to automatically and quickly deploy systems. But you'll probably hear a lot of talk and, you know, it's, it's out there in the industry around MLOps or data ops. And I think in simplistic terms, you know, AI systems, you know, are trained and are coded. And, and really what organizations need to be aware of that an AI product is the result of significant data acquisition and data labeling activities. So, that is not a one and done scenario you know you continuously need to operationalize that so i always use the analogy of say self-driving cars behind every self-driving cars is you know maybe thousands of people curating images that the cars are generating labeling them and then retraining the model to improve the performance over time and that operational activity it drives people and the complexity of the say and scale of the AI model will drive a need for dysfunction so in any organization you know, they need to think about who are the people who are going to be retrained or retraining the, the models and relabeling the data. And that's a whole new capability that, you know, traditional IT people didn't necessarily need. You had people like doing traditional testing. This is a different organizational construct and a, and, a, and a new skill that's going to be required for anybody that really wants to productionize AI at scale. So data science has an awful lot to offer organizations and there's case studies coming to market now where we can see some really tangible benefits as well. When companies are you know, opening the box of start to utilize data science, what do they need to be aware of? And you know, when you think about the advice that I suppose if you're starting out again and you're you're offering it from your helping other organizations, what should they maybe take into consideration? Well, I think with AI, I mean, the key focus has to be experimentation, innovation, and it goes back to that five-step methodology. I mean, that scoping part, I mean, part of it is, you know, experimentation because, you know, you may have an idea and a concept, um, but you really need to prove based on the data that it can be done, you know, and really it's important to pilot these AI projects on a, on a subset of data, measure how the model performs, because there are use cases that work really, really well, and there are some that, that may not work so well, and that may be because you don't have the, the right volume of data data for training and maybe a case that it simply is high risk and, and maybe isn't suitable for an algorithm. And I guess once the, the use case has been proven that subset, the next question is, do you have like that data and can you continuously train the model to improve it? And if you don't, how long is it going to take? And what is great and, you know, that there are a number of companies out there that have done and actually research organizations that have acquired lots of data and also innovated in algorithms. Um, I mean, companies like Microsoft um, have 
refined the frameworks. They've not only open sourced these, but they've made them available on their cloud platforms. So looking at these technologies and picking one of those will allow you to accelerate your innovation and, and your journey into this AI ecosystem. But I think the key thing is, as you do that, you do need to think about that process and that methodology to make sure that when you do experiment, that you are picking the right use case. And there's some measure in terms of what this could look like and what are we going to take forward, like any IT investment. Um, this is just a different type. So those measure, measures need to be in place. John, what are your thoughts of the recent proposed AI regulation from the European Union? Well, listen, I, I think it's it's fantastic, quite frankly, because it's critically important. And, and in my mind, the recent moves by the EU, they're extremely welcome. The regulation of AI set out by the EU, I actually think will allow the EU to lead in the world around ethical AI in a very similar way to how the EU have led on data protection GDPR. I think I'm actually very confident to be part of the EU when they actually are placing the emphasis on the citizen and the protection of the citizen, both from a GDPR perspective and now AI. And, and coming back to that, the way the EU is categorized AI, it's risk-based. So minimum, limited, high, and unacceptable risk are the four levels that they've called out. They're clearly flagging different levels of expectations on each of this, and then calling out the areas that are unacceptable, such as social scoring. And, you know, there was discussion of that being used in China in the past. So I think that's really welcome. If I think about we go from here, and I know Alessandro was saying it doesn't necessarily say how and how this is implemented, but actually given that this is a regulation, I think the how this will be done will evolve. And I think if we were to say how now, you know, you might be constrained by today's means and, and mechanisms for implementation. By not being explicit in how and setting out principles and, and regulation, it allows us to innovate and adapt in terms of meeting the spirit of this regulation. So actually, I, I think it's really welcome. I'm looking forward to EU leading the way in, in ethical AI. Thanks, John. There's some ethical questions are about mitigating suffering, some about risking negative outcomes. While we consider these risks, we should also keep in mind that on the whole, these technology progress means better lives for everyone. Your AI has vast potential and its responsible implementation is, is down to us. You've been listening to the AI Ireland podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kelly. In today's podcast, we'll be discussing explainable AI, the importance of having a human in the loop and the recent EU proposed regulation. Thank you to our guests inside researcher Dr. Alessandra Milo and John Ward, Head of Digital and Emerging Technologies at EY. Well, thank you very much, Alessandra, and thank you very much, John, for, for, being, for being our guest today. Really, really appreciate your time. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, thanks. That's all for the episode on AI Ireland podcast. I hope you really enjoyed it. Finally, I'd like to let you know about the AI Awards, which will take place this November. We're now looking for applications from academia and industry professionals to apply. Set up in 2018, the AI Awards is a not-for-profit business, community-led initiative, which is set up to celebrate the best in AI and data science in Ireland. We see this as a fantastic opportunity to showcase your work and skills to the AI community on the island of Ireland and help raise the profile of Ireland as a destination for AI investment. The awards provide applications from around Ireland with a platform to showcase themselves to the AI community in Ireland and the world. Winning an award brings industry-wide recognition, raises your company profile and increases awareness of your brand and product. Applications take only a couple of minutes. To find out more about the current awards, please check out www.aiawards.ie. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you again next week. Apply today at www.aiawards.ie. See you soon. Take care. Bye.